0: everybody and welcome to episode 72 of the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast. My name is Dan Murphy and joining me today, first appearance for quite a while, it's Mr Liam O'Mara.
1: Liam, how are you? Great, thank you. Good to be back on. I've obviously just moved out so I've not really had any internet for a while but we're we'll just starting to get set up now.
0: Yeah, you're a regular spy with your new guff aren't you, Liam?
1: Uh, uh I No comment on that front.
0: <laughs> and also joining... Is the style waltz? It is Tom, Tom, how are things? Hello,
2: yeah, not too bad. Still I feel depressed like I, uh, after yesterday? I feel like me? I just feel like I wasted my weekend to be honest, pal. Like, yeah. I feel I don't feel particularly angry or anything like that. I just feel like what a waste of a day.
0: See, for me, I like I was just on such a buzz. Like, obviously, I live in Sheffield, so I was on the beers early, early doors, all happy, all, all looking good. And then the game is just the most insipid, soul-sapping pile of wank I've ever watched. And it just killed the mood, it must be said. It was quite the mood killer. But speaking of mood killers, before we get into the biggest mood killer, which is Bolton Wanderers, another fairly big mood killer is Leicester City this season. Now, we like to talk about actual other football every now and then, just to pad out the time. But Ranieri's been sacked. Oh, it's heartbreaking, Tom. What do you think?
2: It's rubbish, isn't it? It's just like... You know, this time, what six months ago, you are thinking, oh, this is going to be the sort of thing that, you know, when when you grow older, you are going to be telling your kids. You know, I, I, I watched that. I watched that season a little bit like you know when people talk about Forrest winning the European Cup, and you think that you know I am going to be able to, I am going to be able to talk about this, and this is going to be the you know well, that was possibly the best season of football I've ever watched, and then it's just. It just, it just ruins the whole thing. It's ruined the whole fairy tale, not just for Leicester fans, for us all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's absolutely rubbish. It's, but I, just, I, I don't think it's a good... Even from a footballing p- perspective, I don't even think it's a good move for them. They're talking about Pearson being the favourite again. <sighs> I, I, I just don't get it. It's...
0: I kind of understand why, but I think the timing's a bit wrong, especially after a loss. Yes, but kind of a, for somehow Leicester would shy against Sevilla. But it was a galvanising loss. They managed to have one attack and score off it, which means they come away from a dreadful performance, feeling like they've scraped something out of it, and they have. You know, all it only takes, and I doubt they can go a game without conceding, but it only just takes you know one game that was like last year in Leicester for them to go through to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. You know, that's a week away, or a week or two away, and now they're gonna to have to get a new manager in and, and you know, it's either Mancini Mancini or Pearson by the looks of it. What do you think, Liam?
1: Well, first of all, I was gonna say that as sad as it is, I do think it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not I'm not just saying that like to be controversial or anything like that. I just I look at it and there was a comment I read online from a Leicester fan, like really furious with this I think it might be an early hulk, to be honest. And basically Oli Holt was saying how bad it was and they should have given to the end of the season. It was all because of Ranieri. He should have been able to see it out and turn it round. And I get that view, but this this Leicester fan summed it up quite nicely for me, and it was basically, "Why should my club get relegated just for everyone else's dream?" And mm. I kind of understand. I kind of understand that. So it is sad. Of course, it is. And you know, it, it was touch and go whether they'd stay up. In my opinion, I, yeah, I think I the think... poor. I think they've been really sussed. I think Matt, is not, everyone, everyone keeps telling me how poor Maras is now, mm-hmm. he's not poor, he's just a one-trick pony, and yes. he's coming down that left-hand side now, and everyone's ready for it he's doubled up on, everyone's ready for it, and there isn't anything else to go at Vardy is ineffectual because everyone's playing deep against him they've mm-hmm. just been sussed, the problem was is that they weren't too loyal to Ranieri they were too loyal to the players and didn't mm-hmm. bring flesh blood in, 100%. that's where yeah, because it's, it's, everyone gets sussed, top teams in Europe get sussed so Leicester City were always going to get sussed, and that's really where they went wrong, unfortunately. But yeah. that doesn't mean I don't feel sad about it because it is sad. Mm-hmm. But if Leicester want to stay up, I think they've made the right decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like to me, it's kind of like the players, you know, who owe oh, the best night of their, well, the best moment of their entire careers. I doubt and only one, maybe two, will get anything close to that again. Um, they've just, like I said, they've just not looked interested, they've really shafted Ranieri, they've just, had p- it's just night and day, between how they were last year, and the effort, and just the basic things, they were doing so right, and this year it's been atrocious, but you can't, I find it hard to criticise them too much, when they've just gone back to being Leicester, you know, none of these players, were special before last season, and last season was the biggest anomaly, that's ever happened in football, and they most of them, reverting back to type, I mean, you got you. You're a hundred percent spot on. Players like Morgan, Hoof Simpson, sentiment, sentimentality played too much of a part, and there should have been reinforcements in those areas, defense especially. And the only thing I would kind of blame Ranier for really, he's tried everything he can to try and you know rescue this slump, but it's not worked. But he he took far too long to, and probably still hasn't, to adapt to Cante leaving. He never, he still tried to. Play with a four-four-two with new plays he brought in with a drink water and it just wasn't working because Kante's is basically two men and he just never adapted. It reminded me a lot of how Coyle persevered with four-four-two after Holden got injured and the likes of Rio Koko, Mwamba and Mark Davis and um, they just couldn't replicate the the how much Holden did for us and they couldn't. None of the players left have could uh, replicate Kante but it's, it's very sad, I feel sorry for him, but I think they still might be doomed anyway really. I think it's going to take quite a hell of a lot to, you know, momentum's a powerful thing. They had momentum of winning last year, did well for them. Now they've got momentum of losing and it's not looking good at all. But speaking of not looking good at all, Bolton Wanderers. Last time I was on this podcast we talked about how we have two vital away games coming up. We played Bradford City and Sheffield United. We did so without Jay Spearing, who was suspended for both of the games, which already put kind of a bad omen on things. First of all, we had Bradford, which we managed to get a point out of. Liam, you went to that game, so why don't you talk to us about it?
1: Bradford was a very tricky game for a lot of reasons. As soon as you got to Bradford, you felt the tension in the air. It felt like a local derby. It really did. They were really, really up for it. Like The pubs were full. There was just Bradford fans everywhere. They were really, really up for it. So, obviously, we, we took a big crowd to the game as well. But within seconds of the game starting, you could just feel the heat coming. The ground was full. It was noisy. And they really, really wanted it. And it was absolutely no surprise that the court was cold early on. I don't think... It was anyone's fault, particularly. I mean, I've seen a lot of blaming players, and you know, a bit of things about being set up. But you can't say how much Bradford are intense. And I know there was goalkeeping mistakes on the first goal, and arguably don't really know what he's doing the second one. I think it was a good cross, kind of shot by Nicky Law. I think, you know, and it was unlucky a little bit with that one. But anyway, there was just such an intensity. They would have scored any kind of goal. <laughs> It, 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 there was no stopping them early on, and when things started to settle, and it became a bit more of a normal game of football, then exactly what you thought might happen happened. Both teams were looking quite scrappy. I don't buy into this Bradford passing whatsoever. It, the, the, <laughs> it's an absolute myth. The, 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 knocking it long and it's fine. You know, I, I don't mind that. That's, that's what, you know, <laughs> it's just normal football that's played at this level. There is no Bradford way. There is no. Stuart McCall knocking it around, it it's just exactly like us. It both teams were so evenly matched in the end. It was the fact that we got two. A lot of people call it lucky. I mean, it's only lucky in the sense that either team could have scored set pieces because that's what they're good at. So the ones that you know, the one where it falls to Weeter, it's just I mean Bradford had a chance to clear it, but we're just dangerous in that sort of area. It's it's not a, it's not luck. It's putting it in the right areas and you get goals. It's something that's worked on every single day. So it's not it's not luck. They weren't they wasn't a lucky goal eaters and just like the second one, you know, James Henry, how many times did you try and put that ball in? If you give Gary Medine five yards of space, there's there's not it's not a scuffy goal, it's a well worked goal. But Bradford could have done the same thing, but they just didn't. They just um they went within themselves a little bit in the second half. So all in all it was a really, really good point for Bolton that. Uh, because Bradford really, really wanted it. A fair point. Question mark? Um Yeah, I'd say I'd say on balance. I think I think they had the better of the chances, particularly early on, but Yeah, I I'd say it's probably fair because I think we could have snatched it as well. I think one fell to Connor Wilkinson quite late on that he sort of rolled towards the goal and You know, that didn't make any highlight reels because it didn't hit the post. But for me, it was a much better chance than anything else that was created in the game. So we very much could have won that game. And to be fair, with 10 minutes left, I thought we would win it. So if you look at it on the balance, I'd say it's fair. But the noise on the other side is that they were robbed of two points. But I'm not buying that for a second. I I presume it was good
0: seeing us show some grit. Of sorts from coming back from it, two goals down.
1: Of course it did. It felt like a win, Dan. You know, when when, mm-hmm. when everyone left the ground, it, it was being treated like a win. You know, they, to, there's nothing better in football than stopping somebody else being happy. You know, they really, really wanted to beat us. So, us coming back from 2-0 down, yeah, you know, it was a really good point. I was very happy with it. And it felt a bit like a win at the time.
0: Which makes it all the more weirder of what happened yesterday. <laughs> but was there any... Standouts, stand nots and whatnot from the game. Who did you think played well and what what our reception did Parky and Maurice have first?
1: Um, mixed. Obviously Parky was host- it was hostility really. Um I think there was a little bit of niceness right at the end, but it it was hostile, you know, like they, they were there for him. They, <laughs> they they were there for him. I don't know why it's particularly hostile. I don't think the comments with Stephen Derby a couple of weeks back helped um maybe signing a couple Bradford's players. They they criticise... I mean I was in pub with Bradford fans before and they slag him right off Parkey. And I've really struggled to understand why. Um for me, they've they've lost a better manager than they've gained. I, I don't understand other than sentimental perhaps why they hold Stuart McCall in such high regard. Um but yeah the Parky's reception was um yeah, it was difficult for him to be fair. Merae was was quite warm actually. I think it got a bit terms because there was a bit of a scuffle in the corner at one point that he was involved in. It turned on me a little bit, but oh no, it was quite warm for Mm
0: Hmm. So yeah, was there any performances you thought were particularly good or bad? Just trying to put off talking about Sheffield um, as long as possible, really.
1: Yeah. Um. Moxie was tricky. That was a. It was a difficult day for Moxie. He um, was targeted. To be honest, um, everything familiar. was going down that side. Yeah, they 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 were really loading that right that right hand side. Nicky Law was never stopped going down that right. Um, so that was poor. Trotter was immobile. It, it, it's just fr- it's frustrating. It it's <laughs> I, I I don't want to necessarily cover all ground here, and I know we've had Tom's good piece regarding scapegoats, and I know I've picked the two that people are picking out at the moment, but. You know, poor performances need to be pointed out, whether <laughs> whether it's uncomfortable for them or not. You know, Trotter doesn't move. There is no excuse for not working hard, especially in the centre of midfield. We, I would never, I am not the <laughs> a Jay Spearing fan, as people may know. I, I, I can't stand the guy. But we missed his running in midfield, and to replace him with him, mm-hmm. as in Trotter. It, it created such a problem. And it made it so difficult for us early on. Especially with the intensity they were playing at. It was, for me, starting Trotter. Parkey seemed to talk about this first 20 minutes over and over again. and How he knew it was going to be like that. I don't understand how he could start Trotter knowing the intensity that Bradford were going to come out with. Yeah, It seems a bit of a weird one, that. Because it's all he banged on about for about two weeks before him. But I suppose, I suppose more positive, you can't really look past Medine. In the Bradford game, he really worked, really worked. And he took his goal very well. Um, I think Lafondra does bring out the best of him. It gives him a bit of space. Because I think previously, before we were playing with a two-up, um, even with Clough, because he tends to go wide or deep, with Lafondra up there, Nadine doesn't, Nadine doesn't have the problem of having to deal with two centre-backs. He's only got one. And it's mm-hmm. allowing him to move around a little bit. And I'm, I'm, I'm a bit impressed with him as of late, to be honest.
0: Um, on the field, um, at least.
1: Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I <laughs> he's had a drink, hasn't he? We'll come on to it, don't we? Yeah, we'll come, we'll come on to it, because I think it's more relevant with the Sheffield United game. Oh yes. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been really impressed with Medina's of late, but I think Lafonda's a big reason for that because Lafonda's creating quite a lot of space. He hasn't scored yet, but he's made a big difference. La Lafonda, I think, um, and Murray as well. Murray was good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I like Murray I'm a big fan he always gets the ball in the box um, very good signing him
0: well, for me speaking of Murray we'll move on to Sheffield United though I thought he just looked like Feeney to me when I watched him for the first time at Sheffield United always trying to he, he did do a couple of good crosses I'll oh grant but far too many occasions he was trying to do skill and he only knows one bit of skill and then every single time he got tackled apart from the odd, odd time too now he isn't a wing back so I'll give him a little bit of respite but wasn't a good first impression, but let's get on to Sheffield United because, in full, because Tom, it was fucking shit.
2: Yeah, it was absolutely rubbish.
0: So, should we talk about the lead up to the game? So, after the match against Bradford, a video surfaced on social media of Gary Medine in a nightclub or a pub of some kind, and he seemed to say the words. Well, he was asked Billy Sharp, "What's your opinion on Billy Sharp?" And he replied with, "Fat little." And then people cannot decide if it's pig or cunt. <clears> hmm. <throat> now when it comes to game day, Gary Medine is not in the starting lineup, he's not even on the bench. Connor Wilkinson instead starts and I think things immediately started to go wrong from there really. Pretty much and the opening few minutes, Bolton fans were trying to, you know, get the j- get the j- the jibs and the and the digs in by singing the song about Billy Sharp, and then the most obvious thing to ever happen on the state of this godforsaken earth. He scored, and then did a celebration right in front of us, which I wholly respect, because it was fucking brilliant. And he's a really good player. And that was just the start of a very, very bad day, Tom.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's just... I mean, where do you want me to start? Do you want me to start with Medin's behaviour, or the team, or...? I think...
0: Where do we go? The game emphasised that a Parkinson doesn't have a plan B, and B his plan A fucking really relies on Medine. And I've gone on record on this podcast and in writing several times. I think Medine is a fucking atrocious footballer, but it's pretty clear he's better than Conor Wilkinson, and that his big fucking lumpiness is needed to win balls that Parkinson is you know only directing long balls, and. We we missed him and his behaviour. The official line is he had a flu, and I imagine we all take that with a mountain worth of salt. He went. He travelled to the game, so it's, I find it weird that he was dropped. If it if this cold, you know, if this cold isn't true, which we all I imagine we all suspect, he was dropped because he was probably going to get fucking done in by Sheffield United players, and it would have been hostility. But we missed him. I imagine he'd have been up for it even more than usual because of this little, you know, this little kind of thing that's happened. He'd have got been getting stick from Sheffield United fans, no doubt, or he'd have turned his head away. And Capaxton obviously thought it was unnecessary distraction. He didn't play, but we needed him. But yeah, what do you think of the, you know, the situation? Shall we say? Uh,
2: he, did. I mean, the guy's an idiot. But nobody's surprised at that, are they? I mean. You know the video surfaced and it was just you know roll your eyes here we go again Gary Medine doing what Gary Medine Medine does. Um, he's just a balloon. He's, he's, he's like there's there's nothing else for it. I mean, not only that. I mean, you know, f- listen, footballers might go out and have a drink and there is this unfairness of the fact that everything you do and say is now recorded and sent onto Twitter or, or wherever for you know and there it exists forever, but. It, I mean, the the most important thing for me when I watched it was what, what the state he was in. I mean, he could barely open his eyes. I mean, and he's he's out. He's been he's had this phone thrust in his face. You know exactly what is coming. You know exactly what sort of things going to happen from this. Um, and he's done the team talk for the entire city. He's done the yep. team talk. He's done it for the whole club, for the manager, yep. for Billy Sharp, for the, for the fans. He's done more in terms of Sheffield United winning that game than probably Connor Wilkinson did. And that's just with his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, I d I, I don't buy into like you, I don't buy into the illness thing. I think Parky's dropped him. Um whether or not he waited until the last minute to do so, I don't know. Um I think I think the managers dropped him based on his, his behaviour, but that begs the question, why was it then done? Uh why was it why was it done at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I
1: think Well, can I can I interject there? Because sure during the can. game, I'm not sure if it's still up, to be honest, but our good friend Liam Hatton <laughs> at Trotters Blogged seemed to infer at about 5 to 3. don't know if you saw this, if you were at the game. I did not. That Medine had the opportunity to apologise and didn't do so. Now, I don't know if that tweet's still up at the moment because I questioned it at the time, thinking that, that sounds like a reason. about um, five minutes after that, the line of illness came through Mark. Um, so I really don't know what to think. You know, I've, 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 I've tried to quiz Liam on this to see, you know, if, if this is something that he's been made aware of. But yeah, you know, that um, I'd be surprised because, like you say, why why make a public show of something like that? Um, I agree with Tom. I think he's just. Looked into his eyes and thought, "Nah, I'd rather play Connor. I know what I'm gonna get, um, mm-hmm. rather than maybe a, a silly red card ten minutes in." Parky doesn't strike me as someone who likes enigmas or risk takers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think he's only kept with Medine because he's, he feels like he's managed to control that side of his personality to a degree. Like
0: this game um, for him, the 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 atmosphere would have been hostile towards him. He could have been done in by a player in the first minute and then just been shied away all the all match. Or he could have been really up for it and really put a fucking show on. That I don't think, I think, I
1: think, yeah, that's it. And I think that's exactly why Parkey mm-hmm. decided no. I think that goes literally against everything Parkey <laughs> believes and goes for. I think he wants someone who he knows he's going to put in a performance. And I think but, he's been able to rely on Medine to do that. Whether you think Medine's great at not, you know, he has very much done a job for us. It's something I'm noticing more and more, to be honest. But I think he probably took one look in his eyes and that dressing room and thought, he's all over the shopping.
0: Yeah, and a shame that his replacement was Connor Wilkinson, who I thought, having gotten an opportunity, the biggest game of the season, would be chomping at the bit, would be really up for it, to finally prove all of us wrong. who have slagged him off on so many occasions. He's done all right out on lawn at Chesterfield this year, scored a couple of goals, more than Jenny Proctor. And he was just... He just didn't show it at all, did he, Tom? He was just... No. He's... Uh, nothing.
2: I mean, what I was consoling myself with... with um... When we when we got the team sheet, is I was consoling myself with the fact that when he when he was playing for, Chesterfield, he was he was scoring goals. So I thought, well, you know, he scored a couple on loan at Chesterfield. So maybe, I don't know. We'll see a different player today. But God, he's he's like he looks like a boy. He looks like he looks yep. he looks like he's years off. And I'm not being funny. We signed Wilkinson a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Freedman's yeah. What, what's he now? Is he 21, 22?
0: yeah a thought around that edge
2: um he he looks like a child he's nowhere he's nowhere near no where he needs to be um but to be honest, you know when we get onto the twitter question later on and talking about how and why we lost, yeah he, he had a shocker, but that wasn't the reason why we lost the game there was a there was a lot more behind you know, there was a lot more in terms of more important reasons why we lost the game. Mm-hmm. He he was a big part. You know, he was part of it because he um he, he just he just gave nothing. There was there was one example about ten minutes in where um there was a header from Basham into midfield, and Wilkinson was late to that. He was running late to that, and then the midfielder headed it back to Basham. Yeah. And he was just running from one to the other because he, he just wasn't putting a challenge in. No. And it was almost as if Howard, after twenty minutes, had give up aiming for him and started aiming for Lafondra or Morais on the right wing. And, he stopped going for he stopped going for Wilkinson in the air. Um, it just shows that we've got we've got nothing in terms of depth no. up top.
0: And Howard's distribution being one of the key factors of why the second goal happened because he was that was bloody appalling as well. And I mean, I mean there are lots of there was. Only a couple, one or two, literally one or two players come away with any sort of saving grace from that game for me. But I just Sheffield United just completely ripped us apart. It looked like we had nine men. Just every time they had a player available for a pass, they were constantly moving, threading through us. Now, and this is no respect to the rest of their players, but if they had another couple on the same level of Billy Sharp, he would have scored five because on. Occasion after occasion after occasion, he was peeling away off the right-sided of centre back. Could be that Derek Adavit. Every time he was in acres of space and I had, um, you know, I thought one of his colleagues looked up and found him. He'd have no doubt slotted away with ease. And he's, he's a couple. He's probably one of the weird players. He's in a bit of a void where he's too good for League One, but not quite good enough for the Championship. But watching him yesterday, he was cut above any player I've seen and I, admittedly I've not seen many matches this year but he's cut above any player I've seen I mean his movement was second to none and know we all call him fat and everything but is he fuck that lad was running all match always into space never stopped was hassling all our centre backs I mean Wheater did I, the penalty is debatable if it's a dive or not but he's still diving I think Wheater if it were for Wheater we'd have had we'd have conceded a lot more in the first half as well but mm. he had Beavers and Derek and Later, Devi all rattled with his movement. He was everywhere. winning. and you've obviously been very complimentary of him on your piece, haven't you?
2: He was brilliant. He was. He's. He's without a doubt the best striker I've seen at this level. I also thought his strike partner James Hansen, was a pain in the backside as well. Mm-hmm. He's everything that I, I want Gary Medine to be because he's he's smaller than Medine. He's, he's he's a bit bulkier. He's got a bit more about him. Um, but but Hanson was. Giving Derek such a hard time that after 15 minutes, Weeter and Derek were swapping positions, only for goal kicks, and then and then swapping back once Weeter had, had tried to deal with Hansen in, in the air. He was he was a pain in the backside all game, mm-hmm. um, and his his presence was enough to to unsettle the back three. And like you said, Billy Sharp's Billy Sharp, his movement between defenders between yeah. the the lines. Is is the is the best in in this league? And he was, he was um, an
0: advantage because three in the back doesn't work. None of the centre backs look comfortable in it. I mean, Derek doesn't look comfortable in centre back. He was a million times better once he'd moved into midfield. It's clear that he's better than Tom Thorpe and should be that defensive midfielder to play alongside Spearing no matter what Liam says. And the the three at the back it was just all over the place because Moxie was, kept getting caught out whenever he went forward so that meant it Beavers got dragged out which meant Wheaters got dragged out which meant there was a big space Marais bless him he ran all day and night but he's not a fucking win back not by any stretch of the imagination and I, we could see it after 20 minutes I imagine you're the same Tom that the three in the back wasn't working and we have Rabar on the bench new signing right back a wink played well at wing-back for Wigan and right-back, was, champ- yeah, was in the League One team of the year last year. Now, I know, I know he's not played a lot of football this season, he's probably a bit rusty, but at that point, what's to lose? It, within about 20 minutes, Parker should have gone to a 4-4-2 four, four, or a 4-2-3-1 and got with Bauer on in right-back and just playing back to basics because this three-in-the-back shit just doesn't fucking work, does it?
2: Yeah, and he, his opportunity was when, when Thorpe was injured, to put yeah. Wabara on at, at right back, and that was his opportunity, and he didn't. No. For for whatever reason, he he thought that the five-three-two was was going to get at them. Um, but like you said, his, his chance to change it was it was during well, when Thorpe got injured, but he he didn't fancy it.
0: No, um, did, and we put another player on out of position. Yeah, 100. I mean, David, it was his first game for quite a while. I thought he started all right. I thought he made a few good tackles and looked fine but eventually he was just beginning to get all of a run towards the end of the game when they were just taking the piss out of us. Um, how do you think the three at the back worked against Bradford, Liam?
1: It's been okay, but it, it was a bit of a shoe-on alternative that we've stuck with, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to lie, alarm me a little bit, that we, we, we basically did it because we didn't have a right-back and then we won, so we stuck with it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's a little bit odd because it makes... I just think, you know, why are we just sticking to what's good? You can't be so predictable all the time. I know, obviously, that five three two is something that they worked on for a club for quite a while before we brought it in. It was always the essential plan B in a sense of they knew that they were short at right-back. You know, if something mm-hmm. did happen to Laurie, it was actually something they were planning for if Laurie got injured um, to switch to five three two. So I know it's something that they're well worked on, and that's why they're probably keen to keep using it. But for me, I, I, the problem is, as you've both mentioned, is that you, you're shoe-harning again, so you're putting Felipe Murray at right back, which was okay when we had Spearing covering him.
0: Yeah.
1: But Derek weren't doing that, or like... Trotter won't be doing that so that's the problem that you've got is that Absolutely. Spearing's so defensively minded he will do that because he knows he's aware of that situation it's the swan thing that that lad's good at he's defensively aware he knows how to shut things down so he saw that Murray was struggling so he comes in the problem is is without Spearing there that Murray is exposed Moxie should in theory be better at that because that's for me, more his natural position, but Moxie's just gone. I don't, I don't know what's happened to him. He's just, he's just lost it. He was just our not best be-
0: player last year for the first six months of the yeah, season last year until he got injured. He was by far our best player.
1: This is what I mean. He's people people talk about Moxie like he's always been poor. Moxie was a very good player for us when we first signed him at left back or left wing. I thought. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what's happened there. He's it just, he's just gone. Hard.
0: You know, Devi in his first season he was fucking amazing for the first half of his first season or whatever, first 7-8 months, then he just fell off a fucking cliff and I don't know what, I, mean, I, I don't know what it is I just it's like someone fucking changes their boots or something and then all of a sudden they're fucking shite and it's so weird, I mean the formation they, they just passed rings around us, I mean Vela is completely useless playing deeper but we had to do that to Get Henry in, who Henry was one of the few people on the team who was trying all his best to fucking do something. He was great. You're always
1: you're you're always gonna get that with him because he's mm. a quality player. Indeed. To be fair, he, he's a quality player. I mm. I yeah. I mean, so it's but if it's like the of Vella, this is the problem, isn't exactly. it? Because this is where you start. You start shoehorning. So you're playing Vela deeper. Yeah. It's it's like. It reminds me of when Owen Coyle played a Mandarin sent him in centre mid just yeah. to fucking play him.
0: And it's and it, no, this it.
1: is what I mean. You, you're starting to put players in different positions to not upset them. So you, you're playing Villa, but you're playing him deep, but he's rubbish there. Mm-hmm. So you're making us worse. So it's okay playing Henry, but you've got to make a call. You can't just start putting people in just to please them, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like when we played Derek at right back. I was sat there thinking, what right are we back? doing? What's that? He's an appalling right
0: back. 100%. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, but it
1: was like it was like well, we need a defender and Derek's next in line, so he has to it has to be Derek. It was a little bit like that for me, rather than what anyone else would have done, is that you put Spear in at right back because he can definitely play there, or Vela, and then you put Derek in midfield. But it was a bit like I don't know, it just the five three two was a temporary thing, and it feels like we've we've had a bit of luck with it and stuck with it. Mm -hmm. And, you
0: know, the win against Rochdale wasn't exactly convincing. I mean, I'd be, next match on Tuesday against uh, Bristol, I'd be getting Wabara in and going back to basics. You know, we have got a solution to that problem there and we need to address it. I mean, I say the shoehorning, I don't think Henry's a creative midfielder. I think he needs to be out on the wing where he has space to whip in the type of cross that he whipped in against Bradford, which was a fucking beauty. And, it was just all over the show I say I feel so sorry for Lafondre because he was hustling and bustling doing all he fucking could but he was basically stranded when his partner is fucking Wilkinson and I mean I'm worried about Park because so I do like him and we've played some great stuff this year but he just he it's his target man thing I don't see to me Chris Long should have been on he should have started but he just has no like plan B he doesn't know how to play without hoofing it up and I know fucking I've said you know the sacred words of Bradford fans are going to be like I told you so and I'm not against hoofball because it's fucking worked for us before and it'll work for us again and it'll work for other teams but it needs to be done effectively it can't be aimless passes that just go out of play or are easily picked up and I mean when Derek moved into midfield Tom I don't know if you agree he, he was picking out crossfield passes to the wing backs beautifully and he was so much better there, and that's the type of thing when you're playing football, it needs to have some direction. But then, the, when it, the crosses even never came, or they were over-hit, or it, the, their defences cleared it, and it, it was so... We just need to go back to the basics where we were playing at the start of the season, which is just fucking four at the back, two, you know, two in midfield if you need it, and an attacking three. Now, of course, we miss Ami so much from that side, and obviously Clough's a big loss as well. But we still we have attacking we've we have brought players in. We've got long, we've got Solomon Otterbar, we've got Clayton. We do have attacking bodies there, so we need to start using them, Tom. What do you, what do you think of that and like the you know the formation and Derek for being moved? I wanna see if you agree with me.
2: Um I wouldn't say I wouldn't have used the word beautiful. Oh but some good passes. He certainly he was certainly better in midfield. And he was reading he the game him?
0: quite well. He was doing some interceptions and that.
2: Well yeah, I mean <laughs> He's, he's, he's from Real Madrid, so his reading of the game. should Should be, you know, should be decent. The problem with the, the problem with the formation going forward. I mean, when we're off the ball, getting getting him behind, whether it's Billy Sharp or the wingers, getting in behind the, the, the wing back was was easy enough. The problem when we're on the ball is it, it's blindingly obvious what we're going to do. You know, I, I I'm going to be more critical of Lafondra than you were because yeah, he wasn't getting he wasn't getting any help from his strike partner, but he. He wasn't coming he wasn't coming deep for the ball either. He wasn't coming deep to get involved in play. Um and he wasn't on his own. But I he imagine was that very, was probably was very instructions cool.
0: from the manager. Because at well, the times he did they work, they occasion. and I mean whenever he there was a point in the first half when we came into the game a little bit, and he was linking up with Henry, and it was really good stuff. Like they can pass it on the ball. But yeah, please can I mean the
2: problem the problem Henry had is he was whenever he did Break through in midfield, and he was running forward. No options. Nobody was show- nobody was showing him behind the defender. True, true. And it, and he was going out to to either of the wing backs, and it was it was so predictable. Whether it was Vela, Henry, Derek, whoever it had whoever had the ball, find a wing back, try and get across him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I found I found Mox's distribution was poor, oh, no, and understand. I thought Philippe Marais looked like a bit of a one trick pony because yeah, he was. He
0: reminds me of on his theory, right so up. much.
2: On his right foot. Well, I suppose Feeney was a bit more direct than Mares, but Mares was on his right foot, showing the defender his left. Both of them knowing full well he had no intention whatsoever of going onto his left foot, yeah. going yeah. back onto his right and trying to get a crossing. But um, he, he, he's got a good delivery on him. But it's when he's when he's there on his own, he's got no fullback supporting him. It, it was very predictable going forward, and the only time we looked at even close to scoring would have been from a corner. Yeah, I mean. For me,
0: like, it was so obvious that we needed pace up front and long. And I mean, there was a point really in the second half when straight from a, like a clearance from the goalkeeper, Wilkinson, and this was the epitome of Wilkinson being shit, so the keeper has it, we're breaking away, he does a really good kick right to his toe and he fucking is offside. But he also didn't make the ball anyway. He was like, he had a bad touch or whatever and then was easily caught. That's away. right, yeah. I think he have really had the long it, yeah. there and then. He'd have been through and you know, with the evidence we have, Hopefully, blast it into the back of the net. I mean, I don't see why Long's not been given more of a chance after his, uh, great, uh, you know, his very good, impressive debut. And I know we have an issue with the one lone player thing, but hopefully, Thorpe is injured for quite a while now. That's a horrible thing to say, but he was fucking shit,
2: wasn't he, Tom? I don't think he was that bad. Oh, his passing was
0: appalling. He
2: couldn't yeah, get yeah, near any of them. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's he's not a good pass for the ball. But I, I, I thought that. In the first 15 minutes, when they were trying to be quite physical, he was one of the few players that was up for that. Um, and obviously, he ended up getting a, a forearm smash.
0: was well, it like a kick which, to me. Mm, it was I mean, uh, to be
2: honest, I haven't seen it on any ha- highlights since. Um, but he, he certainly got clattered into by Hanson. Was it Hanson that clattered into it?
0: Uh, it might have been, yeah. Um, oh, no, Fleck. Fleck it was. John Fleck. He was a very good
2: uh, player. Yeah, played very well. Um, in the in the the physical nature of the game, I thought Thorpe was one of the few players who was who was up for that. He's he's passing, as you say, wasn't good. Um, but then again, nobody's was. No. Um, nobody strung any passes together. You know, Vella love no money. Couldn't get his foot on the ball and make something happen. And just it was it was just a it, tactically, um, oh, yeah, we'd, we'd set out quite negatively to to maybe stifle them but you know when when the league's top scorer scores after 11 minutes yeah. what have we got after that you know what what do we have beyond that um, and the answer was very little
0: mm-hmm. we really were just out fought and out and it's like out gamed I mean Wilder's comments after the match just further another fucking dig and I respect it because it's like all the what did team, he say I think he said something like we're the West team they've played this season something like that and we probably are because we were oh. appalling and like they we a lot of performances were bad here and those problems tactically where we were missing key players and all that. But at the end of the day, they just simply played us, they made us look bad, they were passing and moving. Like something that wouldn't look out of place.
2: Yeah. And and much it, 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 higher
0: up in the football structure. And we just had no all our reply was to kick it up long and nothing ever came of it. And it was Painstakingly predictable and just a completely fucking soulless match. And I left earlier because it was just so fucking.
2: Just it'd be soulless, it'd right be now. nice to um it'd be it'd be nice and slightly different to usual to, to maybe end on praising the opposition because mm. they are without a doubt the best team that I've I've watched us play against exactly. and they knew exactly how to play against the the three at the back. Yeah. The central midfielders were were just a pain they were everywhere uh, I mean when you see central midfielders outrunning Josh Vella, and that was both of them um, I mean I, I don't think the defence had much to do I think Chris Basham probably had the easiest game of his life mm-hmm. but um, I mean Basham was probably you know going to bed at night thinking big game tomorrow I've got Gary Medine. I need to you know put one in for the for the fans sort of thing and then he's had the easiest game of his life against Connor Wilkinson and Adam LaFondre um, but Billy Sharp and James Hansen worked really well together. I mean Billy Sharp's definitely better than league one standard and so is their team and 27,000 fans in that ground. Good atmosphere. They they're, they're a proper football club. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that it's a shame that we didn't give them a football game because that had the potential to be on paper the two best teams in the league going at it and only one team turned
0: up 100%. percent um, it's quite sad state of affairs but looking on the bright side of things with three points out of second place I think Sheffield I'd be utterly stunned and completely happy if Sheffield United somehow surmised to bottle it once again from this position this should be home and dry one by April the finish season finishes in April but one by kind of late March I would have thought by this point because yeah they are the best team he's right? going to stop he's going to stop him. exactly Scunthorpe seems to be falling away we seem to be falling away maybe Fleetwood Town Can somehow keep going on this mad streak they're on? But somehow I doubt it. I'd be very surprised if Sheffield United didn't get promoted at this point and Bolton best follow them, or I won't be able to watch a single Bolton game in this city next year, which would be rather annoying. But looking upwards, we're three points out of the automatic places, which are currently uh, vacated by Fleetwood. We play Bristol Rovers on Tuesday at home. Wimbledon at home on Saturday then Fleetwood away and there's been quite a couple for tickets on the old social media which has been rather amusing on the following Saturday we 100% need to win both these games against Bristol and Wimbledon 100% no excuses if buts and maybes we need to win it we have two games in hand obviously that one game against Southend away which got called off and then a game I presume we should have played on an FA Cup weekend two which no that's two games in hand two extremely winnable games against teams we've already beaten this season. Not it's
1: Oldham that game, I think, isn't it? Oldham away, I think it's the other game. Yes. In.
0: Yeah. But Bristol-Wimbledon this week, Liam, we have to shake ourselves off immediately and have to win these games, don't we?
1: Yeah, I think less of the shaking themselves off. It's a family podcast this time. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> yeah, well, we have to win both. Um, one point from them, Blast, the is disappointing. I know they're tough, but you know i think 3 points was a realistic target from those two games so nothing less than six will do with these two no 100% 100% do
0: we will we win it tom will we win them?
2: yeah we're going to win the next two games yeah i mean for for all the panicking people are doing and you know i've been very negative about the performance cuz it was an overwhelmingly negative game but every every Recent disappointing game I can think of. Oxford at home, Chesterfield away. He's got a reaction out of him. Mm. Um And we're playing against two League Two sides in, in reality. Um, and we'll beat them both, both at home. We'll we'll have, um, hopefully, a change of, change of formation. I was just going to ask, is it, will he change um, it? Will I think he in? will. I think he will. Wabara's had a couple of weeks now. He, he might be up to speed. Um, he might bring... Gary Medine back, I don't know. If but... he
0: recovers from his cold, the poor sod. Some yeah,
2: down oh, Just get some Lemsip, he'll be alright. Uh, yeah, we'll win the next two games and then we'll go to Fleetwood, second in the table. Um get a win there, and then everyone's gonna be wondering what all the fuss was about, will not they?
0: Do you are you that confident, Liam?
2: Silence is golden. I say yeah, uh, are you even there, Liam?
1: I am sorry about that. um Fucking yes shambles. I'm pre- I, know, I know. I'm pretty confident I have not the problem is and I was touching on this a little bit before we came online um I think that that Charlton home game really knocked some wind out of ourselves
0: against uh, ten minutes, a-
1: Yeah exactly I think that exactly I think that's knocked a little bit of the confidence there. that doesn't mean that we're not still good and we won't still win games by Grinding it out but I think we've lost the spark a little bit since then. So this is a good opportunity for us to get the wheel turning again. There's, if we're talking about Sheffield United going up then that's all well and good but for me we're still in a very strong position to secure that second place. So we need to get that spark back because if we don't get that back we'll limp to the playoffs in my opinion mm, and, and it'll be the
0: best place to be and we don't have no, no. A bottle as it is. No because we no win games.
1: And, and this is the difference yeah this is the difference we'll win games of course we will because we're, we're a decent side and there's some really poor teams in this division you know there's no escape in that so we will win games that's an absolute given but, but if we turn let's say at uh, 15 points instead of getting 12 or 13 we'll get 6 or 7 but it'll it'll be fine for the playoffs but it won't allow us to kick on for that place. so to do that we need to step up our performance levels again and these two games are a really good opportunity to do that
0: mm-hmm. what changes do
1: you make Changes, I'd change the formation. It, it, when we say changes, it, it'd be quite a, a widespread change of, of, of how we play. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'd probably look back at the diamond again. I don't I don't see why... It, we still get the two up top that I think Parky wants. I don't, I don't see the issue of, of having the diamond again. Um, if he's concerned that we're going to be over in a little bit in the midfield, then don't play wingmen. Play... <laughs> <laughs> You know they don't have to be wingers; they can just be wired midfielders. You could play Vela out on the right if you wanted to, and Henry behind the striker. You know that that will allow you to not be overrun in the centre midfield. Um, it depends if Wabara's ready because he's obviously re- reluctant. Because like you, for the reasons that you both said, if you're talking a quality player that somebody who won, who was in the team of the year. It was strange not to put him on. He just simply doesn't think he's ready. So I suppose it depends if he's ready or not. If he's ready, then yeah. 4-4-2 again with a diamond. I can't see why we wouldn't go back to that That served us so well so far this season.
0: Well, we certainly need a response and we can only hope we get one. Now, Tom, you asked a question to our adoring Twitter public. Do you want to do, do the honours of reading out some answers and we can get I will. here?
2: I'll, um, out of trying to be semi-professional, I'll ignore all the ISIS did it, Corbyn did it, Uh, Danny Butterfield, Owen Garvin, anything like that.
0: Ignore Mel Tooth as well, please.
2: No, 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 he's he's my first one to mention. Ah. So the the question was, who or what was most to blame? Um, So let's have a look at what we've got. We've got plenty of retweets from Sheffield United fans by the look of it. Um, First one, at Cool Tales has said, what difference does it make? Um, Helpful. Oh, cool. Yeah. To the real crux of the issue. That. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a look. Um. Ian Firth at Super 4 worth four five one doesn't work with Alf. Three five two possibly, but we need Taylor and Spear him back, so that's a way forward for next time. Um. More Sheffield United. Yeah, we got. A what are the Sheffield no.
0: United fans saying? Manchester. Oh,
2: um. I think it? they was. I just think they were surprised. Uh, that we'd that that we'd said something nice about them um so I think it's been overwhelmingly quite positive um they don't like phil parkinson is the is is the the main thing that I'm getting um a lot of people calling him a bell and things like that oh, okay. um okay. right let have a look at what else we've got um our very own Manning maning Manning 1983 says uh, the biggest reason was Chris Wilder, an attacking manager who realises attack is the best form of defence. I wish Man. I had that attitude.
1: No, nah, we're not doing that. That's that. That's positive. We want negative. We want to blame someone here. We want, okay. we want to slag someone off.
2: Um, at Declan Mayer says, I personally think Daniel Murphy's first appearance at a BWFC game in months was a bad omen for the team.
1: Yeah, that's better. He's
2: um, wrong. I- I quite agree with this one. At Goodney Four says Jay Spearing being suspended, we had nobody capable of holding things together. Our midfield lacked a ball winner.
0: Um,
2: let's have a look. Ariza Makakula. No, we'll ignore that one. Um, <laughs> oh, I like I like this one. At Dorset Trotter, they scored more goals than us. They are a good team. No point yeah. going on it. Yeah, Just move good.
1: on. Should get him on here, shouldn't we? <laughs>
2: That's hashtag analysis. Um, somebody here at James James BWFC 22 says Parkinson putting Wilkinson in shows he's reliant on long ball and yet again it failed and at M Brady BWFC says I do like Parky but not the first time this season his decisions cost us yesterday Uh, and then the last one I'm going to read out is at David James UK nobody has said Beavers for the mistake that led to the first goal bad penalty decision Nadine should have played
0: that, see, that first mistake, that first goal, there was about three mistakes I saw. I think Murray lost the ball. Out of think, position as well, yeah. I think four plus, I think Thorpe missed it in a tackle, was weak, or maybe Vela, maybe both
2: Well, Murray lost the ball in a, in a bad position, dawdling. Derek went halfway. It, right. He was either sit or go to win the ball. He goes halfway and does neither. Yep. And there's a lot of mistakes by the time it gets to Beavers. he was
0: he's, gone somewhere, and then Beavers kind of... Does he slide and miss it? Is that what it is?
2: I think he's he's taking a step forward towards towards the ball when he when the when the pass is played and then when he, he's sticking his foot out to intercept and he's just missed it. But like you said, there's a lot of mistakes before That's it gets cool, to I Beavers. See. Is there any more? No, that was it. In terms of the sensible ones, we've had a Hurricane Doris, Jeremy Corbyn, uh, Ariza Makakula, etc., etc.
0: All could be quite culpable, but. It was a shit game for us, at least on a shit day. That kind of ruined the mood. How did you find Sheffield, Tom? Drinking in the Benny Hunt. Good spoons that.
2: Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, we we got there early. We were there for about half eleven. Um, there was, I, I don't think there was a tension in the air. There was an expectation that the the feeling I got from Sheffield United fans is they felt that if they if they won that game, then that was that was them for the league. Yeah. I think they knew that if anyone was going to challenge him, it was probably us. So I think there was they, they were they were quietly nervous about this one, um, but they didn't. Have, they shouldn't have worried really. They shouldn't have had any reason to worry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got I've got friends that go to uni in Sheffield. A friend of mine got awesome. married yeah, married in Sheffield. So um, I know it well, fairly well. well yeah, yeah decent. Just that one, to be honest. We, we um, the the police told us about the two away pubs which ones but we Howard
1: and the Globe Howard and the Globe
2: yeah. yeah but we'd um the lad who had our tickets we were arranging to meet him in in that particular one so went there um and some of my mates went to the Yates's to watch the rugby afterwards but it's a rubbish sport so yeah, I didn't bother.
0: well on that particular grand revelation and truth we shall end this podcast right here. You can follow me on Twitter at Nebraska. You can follow Liam on Twitter at Liam underscore O'Meara. Is he here again? Is he fucked up? Anymore? Nah, he's giving up on you. Nah, he doesn't get his No, shit, is right? he still? Yeah, he yeah, is the underscore it the does script? it does have an underscore so you remember that and you can't be there on hand to reply when I say it fucking pathetic podcasting I lie it's been a pleasure having you here Liam as always follow Tom on Twitter at down the money RD and of course you can follow us all on Twitter at line of E-N-S-D, where you can also get and it's like a gateway it's a gateway drug to the rest highs that Bolton that line of gives you so you've got dot com. Articles, I love the show, especially Tom's article, entitled "Very Smartly Titled." Tom, I did like it. Wanderers put to the sword by razor sharp blades.
2: There's just one too, there's, there's one too many puns in there, isn't there? No,
0: no. There's never enough. Never the ex- enough.
2: The, uh, the, the very unaccidental capitalisation of sharp as well. Oh, that's my favourite bit. Just, just one too. Yeah, that was my favourite bit yeah. too.
0: Wonderfully done and wonderfully written. So I recommend you go and read that and all the other. You know, post Sheffield analysis and looking forward to the coming week's games. And obviously we have a Facebook site at Facebook.com forward slash line of VNSD. And yeah, you know, we're on iTunes, rate, like, subscribe, give us a nice little review, whatever you want. It doesn't really matter. You're here. That's that's all that matters. You're here with us right now. But I'm rambling, so say goodbye, Liam.
1: Goodbye everyone.
0: Say goodbye, Tom. It's right. And it's goodbye from me.